Hey everyone, welcome back to Megan's Old Office here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. My name is J.D. Gorlett, I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee, and Keith Holmes is with me again. He's our director of children and family ministry. Keith, how you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you very are much. Are you? Are you? Please, yes. tell, please tell us. Spend yes. half an hour talking about let's, you. Let's how would do that. that. Be? Now that we've done talking about me, let me no. talk about me. <laughs> let's talk about me. And we are also joined. We should mention that we're joined by our good friend Jonathan, Jonathan. Mueller, Jonathan. who is our. What is he? He's the proje- producer. He's the. He's the, the he's, director. Uh, he's. Um, is he the director? He's the timekeeper. Uh, you he, should really appreciate him, audience, for I the fact know, that you, he keeps If you can be a director time. if nobody listens to your direction. Well, that's true, too. Right. Uh, uh, so we're working our way through the book of Genesis. And if uh, if you haven't been with us, if this is your first time uh, joining us for Megan's Old Office, check out our previous episodes. We've got uh, four of them on the uh, on the book of Genesis, which we are going to continue today with our fifth episode. We're working our way through the uh, Noah narrative, which we are going to complete today. And we're going to be in Genesis chapter 8, and then uh, a little portion of uh, Genesis chapter 9. So if you want to get your Bibles out and get ready to follow along, Keith is going to read chapter 8 to you in a moment. Uh, but before you read, Keith, yes. uh, I want to know when you feel like you really are in step with God. When when does that happen? You know, it's it's has kind that of a ever funny, happened. Right? The, you really want you You're really still want waiting for that day. Yeah, right. No kidding. <laughs> Five like, years well, later, holy cow! Hey, I have finally figured this out. You know, that's the that's the best part. I'm sure I'll never figure yeah. it out. Right. But it, when do you feel like you're in God. step with God? Um, you know, the 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 answer I think most of us would want to be able to say is when everything's going great. But that unfortunately is when I feel like I might be most out of step because I tend to go to the, well, and I've been doing this thing very well. And so now, so it's usually after things have gone wrong and I'm praying about it. I'm reading the, the word I'm, I'm, I'm spending more time with God you're on your knees. I'm on my knees, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's funny how we all look better walking around, walking with God on our knees. Mm-hmm. You know, we look silly doing it in real life, but when it comes to our relationship with God, so I think it's usually after a catastrophe, and I've been brought back into line. I mean, we're going to be talking about the end of the flood. We've been talking about Noah, and boy, talk about being brought back in line with God. This is, you know, this is one of the things that the earth had to go through to be brought back in. It had grown so wicked so for me it's more of a yeah it's more of a okay i tried to do that on my own i failed all right god what do you want me to that's do that's when now? you feel most in touch. that's when i'm in feeling most in step with so god. if the question is when do you feel like you are really in step with god my answer would be not necessarily when i really am in step with god you know like kind of building on what you said when, yeah. uh, you know i I feel as if I'm in step with God right. when I'm feeling great and when, you know, things are life and uh, life around me is going the way I, right. but that's not necessarily when I really am in step with God. Yeah. Is it possible? I guess I would ask for all of us out there, you know, is it possible that, that we are most in step with God when we are, you know, really broken kind of what you yeah. were refer- yeah. you're referring to there when I'm really on my knees and when, you know, I'm really uncertain and all that kind of stuff. And, and don't get me wrong. It's not a deal where God wants to make you miserable. There's a lot right. of very joyful oh my gosh, stretches yeah. of life where you're completely in stride and in rhythm with God. God loves the, the idea of his people being happy and, and healthy and all that kind right. of stuff. But 
yeah, those days of misery and sadness are also days where God is really close, even though it feels as if God right, has forgotten right. your exactly. name. Exactly. You know? So, and, uh, and and the aftermath of days like that, when you're back in step with God, that joy returns because you realize, yes, I'm doing what God would have me do. Yeah. In my opinion, or in my case, that yeah. was, that's when I'm like, I'm back in step with God. So there's joy. I had a friend once ask, "Is it service to God if you enjoy it?" You know, because he was one of those that felt like I have to be miserable (laughs) in my service to the Lord. You know, I have to be doing something I don't want to do to show that it's God doing it. I'm like, dude. I'm pretty sure God wants we you to miserable. have joy. We, right? we liked it. That works right, and we ate stones for breakfast. <laughs> we walked yes, up the hill to school every time. But it was. It was one of those things where it was like, I'm pretty sure God wants us to be joyful in our service to him. So kind of kind of leads into this, right? Here right. is our story. Was joy was was there joy in Noah's heart as he went through this ordeal? Did he feel in step with Yeah, God? and we and, get into step with God quite often after you know, he straightens us out. Right. And straightens, yeah. straightening, straightening us out hurts. You know, my God, I am the true vine, you are the branches, and my father is the gardener, and he prunes the tree. Yeah. You know, he straightens out the tree. And right. it's like, it gets the tree uh, it straightened out and in step with him. Oh, wow, holy cow. That doesn't sound like it feels mm. good. No. You know, I went no. to the dentist on Monday. It was, uh, you know, nothing against dentists. It was not a lot of fun. I, I did not enjoy that. Have you not been rushing your but teeth I twice am a doing, day? I am doing very well. My mouth evidently is doing much better. You know, but even 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 on days, I haven't had a cavity in a few years, praise God. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, even the cleaning hurts, yeah, right? Exactly. But it's a necessary thing right, exactly. so that it keeps so your teeth healthy. So We, yeah. we are under the Good analogy. Yes, right. We're yeah. under the, the selfish illusion that we've prepared you well to hear Genesis yes. chapter 8. <laughs> and so Keith is going to load up Genesis chapter 8. What are you going to ask me? Man? I've, got, I've got one quick question for us to be thinking about, and what that is, what is the beginning of the end of the flood. Okay. So it's not the beginning of the flood and the end of What's the flood. The beginning it's the of beginning the beginning end. of the end. You've heard that term before. I'm going before. to get ready for that. All right. So this is Genesis chapter 8. God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and all the domestic animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters gradually receded from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the water had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest in the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains appeared. At the end of the forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark and he, that he had made and sent out the raven, and it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent out the dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set its foot, and it returned to him to the ark for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took it and brought it into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove, 
and it did not return to him any more. In the six hundred first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark, and looked and saw that the face of the ground was drying. In the second month, on the twenty-seventh day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, and every animal, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out of the ark by families. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and he took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing odor, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of humankind, for the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth. Nor will I ever again destroy every living creature as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. Wow, good stuff. Isn't Man, it? that's that's good stuff. So, when or what is the beginning of the end of the flood? Well, I think of the great line that goes past us really quickly as we read in chapter 8. It says, but God remembered Noah. So last week we were reading chapter 7 of Genesis, and it's just wrath of God. The rain is coming down, everything is dying, everything is being destroyed, and then chapter 8 begins, but God remembered Noah. In other words, how would we rephrase this? In other words, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the flood still being there, in the midst of, of the water still being high, God remembers Noah. Now... We always here at Megan's old office. We always want to put you into the into the story. We yeah. all want to put ourselves into the story. We want to help you. We don't want you to read biblical stories, whether it be this one or any other, as if it happened to someone else, and as if it happens, it has no application to you at all. Here mm-hmm. at Megan's old office, here at Dundee Presbyterian Church, we really believe that the Bible is about you and God, your relationship with God. And so, what happens here, not just with Noah, but with you? God remembers Noah. The beginning of the end of the flood is that God remembered you in the midst of chaos. At the, you know, probably at a moment where Noah was feeling very tired, right? And very much in despair, right? Uh, had many questions in his mind, perhaps about, you know, sure, sure, he had survived up to this point, but he probably was facing a lot of doubts. Who has not been there? And it's at that point that God remembered Noah. It's at that point that God remembers you. Not when, you know, the, not at, at some other point where you feel good and completely in control and everything is lined up. God remembered Noah in the midst of Noah's chaos, in the midst of the world around him being completely out of control. Wow. God has that ability to find me mm-hmm. in the midst of my chaos, in the midst of my despair, despair yeah. in the midst of my mess. You bet. That's yeah. the that's the point of that line. I want to make sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's I I want to make sure people understand that God didn't like go. Oh, 
there's Noah in the ark. Right. It, it was, was a not a surprise. He hadn't forgotten Noah. Right. I think that's a big thing when, when we read the term, but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and all the domestic animals. He, he, he never forgot them. Right. Maybe that, maybe, boy, wouldn't it be great if we had that kind of translation? But, but don't be, yeah, don't be under the impression that God went off somewhere else to do something else and turned his back on Noah because right. God doesn't do that. How could he see us in the midst of our chaos if he isn't constantly aware of us and watching us? So right. he does see us. He, he does keep his eye on the sparrow and on us. And last week we tried very hard to paint the picture of both the grace and the wrath, the right. duality, if you, if you will. Right. Not the either or, but the both and of and God's grace, mercy, represented by the ark, God's right. wrath and anger and judgment represented by the storm. Right. Here, the, the beginning of the end begins with God remembering graciously, mercifully, uh, remembering Noah in the midst while after after 150 days, 150 right. days of of wrath, of anger, and also of silence. There's never a time where God is is speaking in that time other than with uh, with the the storm itself. Yeah, so that's about so, five months. Yeah, 150 days. That's a long is a, time. A, a in, long in, 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 time. Who has not been there? Who has not been in a well, situation? Well, think about that, think about the situation in 2020. When yeah. we we it's been five months. It's going on six right. since quarantine started here in the United States, where we are right now. We're, the yeah. taping of this right. of this uh, episode, right? But but I mean, it, it, and where's if you're, God? Right? And where's God? Right? How many of us have said that? It's like I, you know, I mean, we're hearing studies now, doctors, clinical depression in people. Noah was. Quarantine right. for 150 oh days, gosh. folks. Yes, and it's people in in the world had died around him, and all of this kind there of stuff. There wasn't there wasn't the hope. There you know there was no put your mask on and go to the grocery store. There was nothing. Right, and we're not sure exactly what God is doing with COVID. Uh-huh. We we won't know. Uh, we can only speculate it. We perhaps we'll never know. Maybe we'll come up with some really great theories in retrospect years from now. I don't know, but yeah. but. God has the ability, and we have the need uh, of God remembering us. And right. maybe that's one of the things, because when I talk to people, everybody is looking forward to um, some sort of magic bullet, a vaccine right. or something. Right. Are we really thinking right now of what we need God to do rather than just the pharmaceutical companies? Don't get me right. wrong. We need a vaccine. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm excited yeah. about the idea of yeah. that. Yeah. But I'm more excited about the idea of in the midst of our storm, whether it be this corporate international storm that we're exp- experiencing that's called COVID, or in the midst of our own personal storm. We need God to remember us and look kindly upon us. Amen. And he does that. Yep. Right at the bottom, right, right at the absolute right. wor- low point, he does right. that, and and uh, so take take heart in that. Because yeah, because here you are in the midst of it, and here's Noah in the midst of it, and God remembers. You know, we hear those words, and God remembered Noah. Yeah, because I, it isn't that he forgot; he never forgot about Noah. And I wonder about Noah's expectations. So you read the passage, and and there's you know the water's going down, and Noah starts to see dry earth, and oh, hey, this is mo- this yep. is trending. Yeah. Yes, you know, it's trending. <laughs> you know, Noah looks out. This is trending. Uh, you know, pretty well. The water's going down. Exactly. I wonder about his. Uh, I wonder about his expectations. You know, I doubt that Noah is sitting there watching this and saying, "Hey, great! This is going to go back right back to the way it used to be." Isn't that great? Right. I mean, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm. I'm quite sure that Noah, as he watched the waters go down, I, I'm quite sure he didn't sit there and say, "Hey, we're going right back to what we used to be." Uh, this just wasn't an anomaly. 
family. Uh, no, we're talking a, a completely new creation and a completely new relationship with God. We talked about you know, what Noah would have learned uh, about God uh, by seeing all this out of God. And now he's seeing the waters going down. He's going to get off that ark. He's thinking about getting off that ark long before he does get off that ark. And when he does, he's going to enter into an entirely new world and relationship with God. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure he can only guess at what that is. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, I I was looking in the scripture as you were talking to see does he even know that the water's receding? Because in the it's in chapter or in verse, uh, I think it's verse seven or six. At the end of forty days, he opened the window and sent out a raven. So assumption is is he's been opening that window quite prior, a bit, yeah, yeah. With anticipation right? And because hope, and that's right. it. So it's not it's not that he was shut up in this ark, not knowing what was going on. He was well aware of his surroundings, and so yes, my my assumption and my guess, I guess is that he was very expecting. And the fact that he had to wait 40 days before he could send a bird out probably was gnawing at him, right. you know? Not only that, he had seven other people on there going, is it dry yet? Is it right. dry yet? You know, the old, are we there yet? Are right. we there yet? Exactly. So, you know, his kids were down, were in the back seat there kind of going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And, and yeah, how painful that anticipation can be when we want to break free of something that God has us in. Yeah. Because this is of God, folks. This this his his quarantining, let's call it, on the ark away from the wrath is is almost over, but it isn't over yet. Right. We have to be if we're in this story, you know this feeling right now. Certainly. And in the future if you're listening to this in the years to come, there's still something going on. We don't know what it is yet, but God does. So something in your life has is, is, you're anticipating. Just trust in the Lord and be ready to receive it and with joy and happiness and 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 in the, let the anticipation not drive you crazy. Let it drive you to God. One of the things that, I, you know, I guess one of the things I would say is that, okay, so something happens that, like COVID right now that we're facing right now, and it occurs to me as you talk that people might be listening to this years from now. Right. But, you know, and there we people, certainly gosh, hope we so. Really, yeah, we really wish to know what you guys know. Uh, but we're in the midst of it. We're in the midst of a, of a certain storm. Nothing happens beyond God. It's not like COVID happened and God says to himself, Wait, wow, yeah. I didn't see that coming. Um, <laughs> Who thought is, eating bats would be that problem? Well, you know, he doesn't, it's not like he's surprised by, by nope. this. He's doing something in the midst of that. But I think when we, you know, what I see as, as a pastor is that people have this hope or this anticipation that when COVID's done, we're just going to go right back to what we were before. And I doubt that Noah, as the as the boat is going down towards Dropping. the earth, is, mm-hmm. is saying to himself, well, this is great. We're going to go right back to what we what we were before. We have a mentality in the, in the challenging moments and in the storms of our lives that once the storm is over, we're just going to go right back to what we were. And God brings these storms into our lives so that we won't go back to what we, what we once were. Amen. Much of our life will look and sound and appear the same way, but God wants our relationship with him to be affected and matured by the difficulty, by the storm that, that, that we've gone through. How has Noah's relationship with God changed, and how has it stayed the same? Well, it stayed the same in that God is God, and he is Noah, and he's God, God's servant, and, and he's going to continue in that way. 
but he has seen a side of God. He has seen something truly unique. This storm, this destruction, this judgment, this wrath has never been experienced in his life or on earth before. He's seen a new side of God. COVID is happening. We keep going back to that because that's the reality of our, our time. What are we seeing about God? What are we learning here? And, and, and please do not think or look with anticipation of just going back to the exact same existence because that it's been stretched out. Once you bend it, it, it you can't get it exactly right. back the way exactly. it was before. Yep. And God likes that. God wanted to bend us now. Okay, great. Let's try to figure out what that is. That's right. the point of this. And time. I think it absolutely just as it was the point of Noah's time. What is it that? What is it that you know? Because we we didn't we we talked about this last week. Noah didn't earn the boat the ticket. God gave right. him the ticket. Right. And so he's learning in the midst of this what his what what his role will be in the new world. And so yeah, as we go through our floods and that receding starts. What don't don't look like I love how you say it. Don't look to go back to what you were because that's going back. Look forward to what God right. wants you to be because that's moving us forward. Right. You can the minute you say what we need to do is go back, as soon as you say that, yep. you lose me. Right. Like, exactly. Look, I'm, I'm up for change or I'm up for improvement. I'm up for this or that right. or something. But Whenever you put the what we need is to go go back. Oh my yep. gosh, what is this? What, what yep. are we the, the the Israelites in the desert wanting to go back to Egypt? I mean, right. come on, exactly. You know, we, and that's exactly what it sounds we like. We go to forward me. with God into the unknown. Yep. Uh, looking with anticipation for what it is that we're supposed to learn and and yet become. Amen. Uh, God loves that that openness of heart, you know, yeah. and that that's something that we need to have right now. So uh-huh. yeah, and we're so we're not done, Keith. We want to close out the Noah narrative. Right. Let's talk uh, about yeah. the, that that anticipated moment when he has left the ark and what happens. So we're going to move on now to chapter nine, Genesis chapter nine, and it's just going to be verses eight through seventeen. So here's a question to be thinking about as I read this, and again, look beyond the obvious, and that is, what does God promise in these, cha- in these verses in chapter 9? In 9, 8 through 17, what does God promise? So here we go. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, as for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal on the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between you and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Very good. So so what does God promise then? 
Well, before I answer that, I want everybody to know just kind of the traditional thing here is that the bow, the rainbow, Mm -hmm. we know it, um, is the, you know, commonly thought in ancient times was the uh, war weapon of of God. That that was the the bow to shoot God's arrows with. And he's saying, I'm putting it down. That was the symbol. When you put down your bow or break your bow, you're saying, I'm ready for peace. I'm done with war. I'm done with 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 my wrath and so i just get this this picture of god's you know bow and arrow and his bow is is the rainbow uh shooting his arrows of 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 wrath and he's putting that down so he's so what is he promising here he's promising to 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 not pick that up anymore i'm not going to use that anymore i'm not going to act in that way anymore he's still going to feel grieved and angry at 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 sin and Mm -hmm. We, we, as Christians, we recognize that He pours all of that into the into the cross and right. into, into God the Son, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, and achieves atonement uh, through His uh, perfect sacrifice that He that He's uh, offering. Um, but uh, so that is you know the beginning of what He what He is promising. But He's also binding Himself. Uh, to human beings. In your reading, I don't know how many times the word flesh is used. Me and flesh. Me mm-hmm. and flesh. Human flesh. A bunch. Well, yeah, was, a, a yeah. bunch of times. I'm, you know, as for me, I'm going to make this deal. And it stands out to me that he's, what is he promising? He's making a promise he does not have to make. He's not obligated to do this. He's not doing this out of guilt. He's not sitting there and saying, no. I really got mad the other day, and I feel bad about that. No, yep. he, uh, and so I'm going to give you this deal. This is called a royal grant uh, covenant. This is just complete nothing. Nothing is earned here. There's mm-hmm. no obligation from the one giving it. There's no obligation, you know, uh, or no earning of it from the the one who is receiving. In, the, in this case, Noah and all, you and me and all uh, human flesh. Creation. Uh, it is a complete and total act. Of grace, and please do not think that God is sitting there saying, "Gosh, I really regret the other day when I destroyed everybody." I right. think I'm going to do this right. out of a sense Here, of obligation. Here, let me give you this bouquet kind right. of thing. Yeah. So, what is He promising? You know, He's promising love. He's promising relationship, completely out of grace, isn't yeah. He? Yeah. Well, he didn't have to have Noah build the ark and save Noah and his family in the first place. He could have wiped us all out. We talked about that when we talked about uh, the flood. Um, and who would have an argument? Right. About, about, How, yeah. yeah, exactly. Who who could argue with God that, oh, we deserve to be wicked and a left-alone God? You know, I joked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's why God gives us teenagers, so that, you know, we, we, we have a creation of our own that denies our existence and does whatever it wants, <laughs> right? right? Exactly, exactly. You know, so, so then... You know, I, I really kind of I remember my I remember my training back in the day in corporate America. A unilateral contract; it is a one-way contract because right. man can't do anything with this contract. Right. God is straight up, or covenant, I guess, is the word to use here. Well, both. God is straight up, yeah. Yeah, saying, "I will do this," right? And it is on it is on me to never destroy the earth. You know why? Because you can't. Right. You can't cause a flood, human. Right. I will not do that. Right. So, I mean, this is straight up God promising something that humanity can go, ah, right. you know, a collective sigh of those eight people that to know that this will never happen again. But the fact of the matter is, is, you know, that's just God saying, I'm not going to do it. Not right. that you deserve not to have it happen or anything like that. Again, so, this yeah. is an example of a royal, what's called a royal yeah, grant yeah. covenant where the superior 
right. um, who is God, right. offers to the to the lesser, who is Noah and all of humanity, a relationship that is unearned and that is completely and totally by grace. Now, there is another covenant it, type of covenant in the Bible. There are there are different covenants in mm-hmm. the Bible, and the other ty- main type of of uh, covenant is called a suzerain vassal uh, covenant. And a suzerain vassal covenant is a uh, if if then kind of a thing, uh-huh. a quid pro quo kind of a deal where the suzerain, who's the king or the mm-hmm. sovereign, okay. uh, offers like if I'm the sovereign, because let's just face facts, listen, I'm more comfortable the in there. You know, I'll it, be is, the, it is his best feature. There you go. So I'm the, I'm the suzerain, and you're the vassal. Okay. okay, if you can deal with that, and I and I say sure. to you, okay. I'm going to do this. I'm going to provide protection for you. I'm going to provide land for you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, that, or the other. But you have to do this for me. Okay. Now, we see that definitely in the book of Exodus with the covenant with the people of God. You, you are going to be my people. I'm going, um, I'm going to God. bless you, right. but you have to do these things. Right. You have to live this way. You have to right. obey those commandments. That's right. These commandments, that's an example of suzerain vassal. That's okay. not what this is. This nope. is God simply saying, look, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to put a bunch on you. I just want you to know that I am going to love you. Right. And, and, uh, and this is what Christ does, uh, does on the cross. Now, there's a su- certain suzerain vassal uh, a- aspect of, of the cross. We are supposed to obey the commandments. It, we talked about it before. Right. If you love Jesus, you will obey his commandments. Not because you have to. Right. But the act of, of atonement is, is completely elective grace right God absolutely pours into our lives that we did not ask for you know, well so. no as a matter of fact i'm sure i was quite content in my sin and and my sinful nature except i wasn't yeah. right you know there's something in that you know that and that to me is the holy spirit working in my life leading me toward my salvation when i'm when i'm no longer content in you know that you know you hear it i hate to use the trite term the god-shaped hole but that's what it you well, know but it is yeah. it is what it is that that thing so then what would be the worst way for Noah to react to this covenant? Let's face it. I mean, we have a lot of different ways we can go with this yeah. because God has shown grace and mercy, and then he's made this covenant that he will not destroy. What's the worst thing that Noah could possibly I, do? I love that question because this question does what we want to do here on Megan's Old Office, and, and it is put put us in the story, right? Yep. So it's like, how? what would be the worst, most obnoxious way for Noah to react to what God says here? And then we're immediately in the, in the story. What's the worst way for us to react to what Christ does for us? Right. We t- already talked about this being a royal grant uh, covenant right. uh, of just complete grace. What if Noah just said, oh, yeah, okay, whatever? Or <laughs> what if God said, or what if Noah said to God what God said here? If he said, yeah, yeah, that's the least you can do, God. Uh, I deserve that. I've earned that. Right. I, you know, that makes sense. I it, sat for 150 days on your boat, God. It, it's about yeah, time. It's, yeah, you it's know, about time. Now, these were being. You know, we're being a little bit obnoxious, hyper, uh, hyperbolic in this, but, but really we're not because we do that to God. Yes. To sit there and say, oh, you died on the cross. Yeah, no, I deserve that. You know, yeah. we never say that, but isn't that living inside of us, that sense of entitlement Absolutely. to having anything from God? Yep. Here's God's gracious act, royal grant. The worst way that he can react to it is the same thing for us, How the worst way we can react to the grace that God gives us as if we deserved it, as if it was no big deal. It is a big 
deal that no is even a lie. I would know? I would hazard to say it's the biggest deal. Yeah, it's good. the fact that the fact that we are we are saved from our sins completely by grace, completely on a, in a in a one way unilateral contract, as my terminology goes, mm. is a sovereign vassal contract, is your covenant, as as the Bible would scholars would say, whatever you call it, it is simply. God's grace given to us. So yes, about the worst way we could act. I think I think indifference mm. would be my right. my number one way, worst way. Would right. just be completely unfazed by grace. Right. It's that attitude of, you know, when I get to heaven yeah. and yeah. when I get to heaven and and so yeah. and so went to heaven right. uh, without any kind of sense of the cost that, that is involved right. in, in opening those doors, right. as it's, if we're entitled to it, as if it's just the birthright, as if it's just the next thing that happens, exactly without yep. any cost to God at all. Yep. That would be the worst way for Noah to react. It would be the worst way for us to react. Amen right? and amen. Yeah. So. Well, that's the Noah er- narrative. If you didn't, uh, last week's episode, we, we opened it, and today we closed it, so you want to check out. It's kind of part one and part two, so there we'd you like you to check yeah. out both of those. And uh, next week, we'll be back with another episode of uh, Megan's Old Office. We're going to be talking about a very large tower and a certain guy named Abe. <laughs> And uh, so get ready. <laughs> oh, not Trump. Yeah, okay, never no. mind. Uh, why do you go? Why do you do this? Thank you. Why do you go there? So we're really happy to have you with us, and uh, hope we'll have you back uh, next week. Uh, check out a new episode of Megan's Old Office. We'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office, brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.